Chapter Thirty One of Tales of a Traveller by Washington Irving. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Greg Giordano. The Devil and Tom Walker, Part One. A few miles from Boston, in Massachusetts, there is a deep inlet winding several miles into the interior of the country from Charles Bay and terminating in a thickly wooded swamp or morass on one side of this inlet is a beautiful dark grove on the opposite side the land rises abruptly from the water's edge into a high ridge on which grow a few scattered oaks of great age and immense size it was under one of these gigantic trees according to old stories that kidd the pirate buried his treasure the inlet allowed a facility to bring the money in a boat secretly and at night to the very foot of the hill the elevation of the place permitted a good lookout to be kept that no one was at hand while the remarkable trees formed good landmarks by which the place might easily be found again the old stories add moreover that the devil presided at the hiding of the money and took it under his guardianship but this it is well known he always does with buried treasure particularly when it has been ill-gotten be that as it may kidd never returned to recover his wealth being shortly after seized at boston sent out to england and there hanged for a pirate about the year seventeen twenty seven just at the time when earthquakes were prevalent in new england and shook many tall sinners down upon their knees there lived near this place a meagre miserly fellow of the name of tom walker he had a wife as miserly as himself they were so miserly that they even conspired to cheat each other whatever the woman could lay hands on she hid away a hen could not cackle but she was on the alert to secure the new laid egg her husband was continually prying about to detect her secret hordes and many and fierce were the conflicts that took place about what ought to have been common property they lived in a forlorn-looking house that stood alone and had an air of starvation a few straggling saven trees emblems of sterility grew near it no smoke ever curled from its chimney no traveller stopped at its door a miserable horse whose ribs were as articulate as the bars of a gridiron stalked about a field or a thin carpet of moss scarcely covering the ragged beds of pudding-stone tantalized and balked his hunger and sometimes he would lean his head over the fence looked piteously at the passer-by and seemed to petition deliverance from this land of famine the house and its inmates had altogether a bad name tom's wife was a tall termagant fierce of temper loud of tongue and strong of arm her voice was often heard in wordy warfare with her husband and his face sometimes showed signs their conflicts were not confined to words no one ventured however to interfere between them the lonely wayfarer shrunk within himself at the horrid clamour and clapper-clawing eyed the den of discord askance and hurried on his way rejoicing if a bachelor in his celibacy one day that tom walker had been to a distant part of the neighbourhood he took what he considered a short cut homewards through the swamp like most short cuts it was an ill-chosen route 
the swamp was thickly grown with great gloomy pines and hemlocks some of them ninety feet high which made it dark at noonday and a retreat for all the owls of the neighborhood it was full of pits and quagmires partly covered with weeds and mosses where the green surface often betrayed the traveller into a gulf of black smothering mud there was also dark and stagnant pools the abodes of the tadpole the bullfrog and the water-snake and where trunks of pines and hemlocks lay half drowned half rotting looking like alligators sleeping in the mire tom had long been picking his way cautiously through this treacherous forest stepping from tuft to tuft of rushes and roots which afforded precarious footholds among deep sloughs or pacing carefully like a cat among the prostrate trunks of trees startled now and then by the sudden screaming of the bittern or the quacking of a wild duck rising on the wing from some solitary pool at length he arrived at a piece of firm ground which ran out like a peninsula into the deep bosom of the swamp it had been one of the strongholds of the indians during their wars with the first colonists here they had thrown up a kind of fort which they had looked upon as almost impregnable and had used as a place of refuge for their squaws and children nothing remained of the indian fort but a few embankments gradually sinking to the level of the surrounding earth and already overgrown in part by oaks and other forest trees the foliage of which formed a contrast to the dark pines and hemlocks of the swamp it was late in the dusk of evening that tom walker reached the old fort and he paused there for a while to rest himself any one but he would have felt unwilling to linger in this lonely melancholy place for the common people had a bad opinion of it from the stories handed down from the time of the indian wars when it was asserted that the savages held incantations here and made sacrifices to the evil spirit tom walker however was not a man to be troubled with any fears of the kind he reposed himself for some time on the trunk of a fallen hemlock listening to the boding cry of the tree toad and delving with his walking staff into a mound of black mould at his feet as he turned up the soil unconsciously his staff struck against something hard he raked it out of the vegetable mould and lo a cloven skull with an indian tomahawk buried deep in it lay before him the rust on the weapon showed the time that had elapsed since his death blow had been given it was a dreary memento of the fierce struggle that had taken place in this last foothold of the indian warriors huh, said tom walker as he gave the skull a kick to shake the dirt from it let that skull alone said a gruff voice tom lifted up his eyes and beheld a great black man seated directly opposite him on the stump of a tree he was exceedingly surprised having neither seen nor heard any one approach and he was still more perplexed on observing as well as the gathering gloom would permit that the stranger was neither negro nor indian it is true he was dressed in a rude half indian garb and had a red belt or sash swathed round his body but his face was neither black nor copper colour but swarthy and dingy and begrimed with soot as if he had been accustomed to toil among fires and forges he had a shock of coarse black hair that stood out from his head in all directions and bore an axe on his shoulder he scowled for a moment at tom with a pair of great red eyes what are you doing in my grounds said the black man with a hoarse growling voice 
your grounds said tom with a sneer no more your grounds than mine they belong to deacon peabody deacon peabody be ding said the stranger as i flatter myself he will be if he does not look more to his own sins and less to his neighbors look yonder and see how deacon peabody is faring tom looked in the direction that the stranger pointed and beheld one of the great trees fair and flourishing without but rotten at the core and saw that it had been nearly hewn through so that the first high wind was likely to blow it down on the bark of the tree was scored the name of deacon peabody he now looked round and found most of the tall trees marked with the names of some great men of the colony and all more or less scored by the axe the one on which he had been seated and which had evidently just been hewn down bore the name of crowninshield and he recollected a mighty rich man of that name who made a vulgar display of wealth when it was whispered he had acquired by buccaneering he's just ready for burning said the black man with a growl of triumph you see i am likely to have a good stock of firewood for winter but what right have you said tom to cut down deacon peabody's timber the right of prior claim said the other this woodland belonged to me long before one of your white-faced race put foot upon the soil and pray who are you if i may be so bold said tom oh i go by various names i am the wild huntsman in some countries the black miner in others in this neighborhood i am known by the name of the black woodsman i am he to whom the red men devoted the spot and now and then roasted a white man by way of sweet-smelling sacrifice since the red men have been exterminated by you white savages i amuse myself by presiding at the persecution of quakers and anabaptists i am the great patron and prompter of slave dealers and the grand master of the salem witches the upshot of all which is that if i mistake not said tom sturdily you are he commonly called old scratch the same at your service replied the black man with a half civil nod such was the opening of this interview according to the old story though it has almost too familiar an air to be credited one would think that to meet with such a singular personage in this wild lonely place would have shaken any man's nerves but tom was a hard-minded fellow not easily daunted and he had lived so long with a termagant wife that he did not even fear the devil it is said that after this commencement they had a long and earnest conversation together as tom returned homewards the black man told him of great sums of money which had been buried by kid the pirate under the oak trees on the high ridge not far from the morass all these were under his command and protected by his power so that none could find them but such as propitiated his favor these he offered to place within tom walker's reach having conceived an especial kindness for him but they were to be had only on certain conditions what these conditions were may easily be surmised though tom never disclosed them publicly they must have been very hard for he required time to think of them and he was not a man to stick at trifles where money was in view when they had reached the edge of the swamp the stranger paused what proof have i that all you have been telling me is true said tom there is my signature said the black man pressing his finger on tom's forehead 
so saying he turned off among the thickets of the swamp and seemed as tom said to go down 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 into the earth until nothing but his head and shoulders could be seen and so on until he totally disappeared when tom reached home he found the black print of a finger burnt as it were into his forehead which nothing could obliterate the first news his wife had to tell him was the sudden death of absalom crowninshield the rich buccaneer it was announced in the papers with the usual flourish that a great man had fallen in israel tom recollected the tree which his black friend had just hewn down and which was ready for burning let the freebooter roast said tom who cares he now felt convinced that all he had heard and seen was no illusion he was not prone to let his wife into his confidence but as this was an uneasy secret he willingly shared it with her all her avarice was awakened at the mention of hidden gold and she urged her husband to comply with the black man's terms and secure what would make them wealthy for life however tom might have felt disposed to sell himself to the devil he was determined not to do so to oblige his wife so he flatly refused out of the mere spirit of contradiction many and bitter were the quarrels they had on the subject but the more she talked the more resolute was tom not to be damned to please her at length she determined to drive the bargain on her own account and if she succeeded to keep all the gain to herself being of the same fearless temper as her husband she set off for the old indian fort towards the close of a summer's day she was many hours absent when she came back she was reserved and sullen in her replies she spoke something of a black man whom she had met about twilight hewing at the root of a tall tree he was sulky however and would not come to terms she was to go again with a propitiatory offering but what it was she forbore to say the next evening she sat off again for the swamp with her apron heavily laden tom waited and waited for her but in vain midnight came but she did not make her appearance morning noon night returned but still she did not come tom now grew uneasy for her safety especially as he found she had carried off in her apron the silver teapot and spoons and every portable article of value another night elapsed another morning came but no wife in a word she was ever heard of more End of chapter thirty one recording by greg giordano newport ritchie florida